The psalm appointed for the second Sunday of Epiphany is Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine in your house, and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. So, what do you think of our topsy-turvy world? Today, Psalm 128 would have us contemplate the blessings that come for our home, congregation, and nation as we trust his word. First, I recognize this psalm may be difficult, especially for those who aren't married and those who can't have children. But I would draw your attention to verse 1, where the psalm writer makes the blanket statement, blessed is everyone. That's the context. Blessed is everyone. What kind of everyone? The psalmist focuses on the one who fears the Lord. In other words, one who respects God, wouldn't want God angry, or is the person who wants to please God, that is to do what is right, but is also one who would revere God. But wait, the psalmist doesn't recall or call him God, but the Lord. That refers to God's personal name. When you call God by his personal name, you know him personally as he knows you. He's made a covenant with you. That's not a compromising contract, but a covenant where he has taken the initiative to establish it, just as he did with Israel. We are linked to the new covenant in our baptism. The Lord God placed his name on us. He declared us his, so that we can call him our father and be his children. But in verse 1, the psalmist also has one more clarifying statement to everyone who is called blessed. The at everyone is not only the one who fears Yahweh, but walks in his ways. How do we know his ways? It is through the Ten Commandments. Not only has God called us as his very own, delivering us from sin, death, and the devil, as he did his people of Egypt, but he teaches us how to live in his kingdom when he brought us into it. This is not just keeping the Ten Commandments, but it is trusting that what God says is good, and it is good for us. It is living by faith, even when our circumstances are demanding the very opposite. Understanding this is seen in Romans chapter 6, when Paul writes, What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin live in it? Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. That walking in newness of life isn't just in heaven, but today. Believing it is so today, so that we live like it is true today. What is the blessing for everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways? It is that you'll eat. In verse 2, it is not just eating anything, but especially enjoying the fruit of your labor. 
You work, and you get to spend your wages. You save, and you get to enjoy a comfortable retirement. You work for it, and you get to use it, that is, eat it up. Verse 3 starts the difficult part, where the psalmist talks about having a spouse and children, because not everyone is married, let alone have children. Some can't, others have lost. It is here that it is best to go back to creation. It is written in Genesis chapter 1, and God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Even our first parents, after our first parents disobeyed God's word and things got so bad that God was sorry that he made man and sent a flood, it is again written in Genesis chapter 9, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And humanity rebelled again building a tower to the heavens so that they would not be spread over the face of the whole earth. Therefore, humanity's own good, or for humanity's own good, God confused their language so that they would spread out. Oh, how our world is broken so that a person is unable to find a spouse to marry, a married couple is unable to have children, and that a person's table is missing one or has no one to sit around how broken is our world when you die and all you work for is left to someone else to do with as they please. In our brokenness, we turn to Jesus to find this psalm's fulfillment. Our brokenness becomes his brokenness. Our inability to eat the fruit of what we've worked for becomes his. Our inability to have a spouse becomes his. Our broken marriage becomes his. Our inability to have our own biological children becomes his. One of our children missing from our table becomes his. The loss of a spouse becomes his. Our not being able to see our grandchildren becomes his. It is written in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 8, by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yep, Jesus didn't get to enjoy what he worked for. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. Yep, Jesus died. He wasn't married. He had no biological children of his own. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. Jesus was punished for what his people did wrong. But there's more than Jesus taking on our suffering and loss. Jesus is also victorious over what's wrong with us and our world. For Isaiah 53:10 continues, Yet it was for the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. Hmm. We may contemplate who are his offspring in a little while. He shall prolong his days. Yes, he lives. For Jesus rose from the dead. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Jesus is blessed to be a blessing. Jesus takes Psalm 128 and the blessing of Genesis 1 to Adam and Eve and the blessing of Genesis 9 to Noah and his sons and makes it new in Matthew 28. And Jesus came and said to the disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples, that is children, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe 
all I have commanded you. This Sunday is a part of the Epiphany season. Jesus and his work are made manifest. Not just to see what Jesus, that Jesus has been revealed back in his time. That is, for example, he's blessed the wedding of Canaan with water changed into wine. But to see how he is manifested among us today. Jesus makes his children in a new way. Through making disciples and teaching them, Jesus is the husband, the church is the wife. Their children are you, the baptized children of God. It is as if to say, if you are widowed or a single woman, Jesus is your husband. If you are a widower or a single man, the church is your wife. Have you lost your parents? God is your father and the church is your mother. Are you left childless? You have your congregation's children to be your children to make sure they are and stay God's children, to teach and to raise them as your own. The Lord wants us, who are his church, to raise godly children. But that all takes a lot of faith, focused faith. Believing baptism makes God's children, teaching them raises God's children. Faith can only grow in trust as it feeds on God's word. Verses 5 through 6 are a benediction that makes the source of blessing clear. The Lord bless you from Zion. Zion was in Jerusalem. Zion was where the temple was. But the new temple is the body of Christ, as in John 2.21 and Luke 23.37. The new Jerusalem is the church. Where do we find the church? We find the church where God's people gather around word and sacrament. Where God's word is preached and taught in its truth and purity, there is the church. Where baptisms are done, there is the church. Where the Lord's Supper is offered, there is the church. For where the body and the blood of Jesus is, there is Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is where the church is, and the church is where we find Jesus. A part of that blessing in verse 6, seeing your children's children, the only, that only can happen if you and your children are raised as believers in the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. It doesn't make a difference if they are your biological children or not. They are God's children. By extension, in Jesus, your children. They belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. In Jesus, we belong to each other. Our Old Testament reading from Isaiah 62 puts it this way. You shall no more be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called my delight is in her, and your land married, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so your sons marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices over her, the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. But there's one more phrase to complete or to contemplate. The psalmist writes, Peace be upon Israel. The church is the new Israel. But let's apply this further as we consider the Old Testament Israel. The Old Testament Israel was understood to be both as church and nation. Let's apply this to our nation and our congregation. Zion is our worship, is our worship where God comes to us and blesses us with his presence and blessing. He makes our individual lives better than they would be without him. He makes our families stronger than they would be without him. 
no matter how broken they may be, as better individuals and being better families, that also makes our congregation better and stronger. So also, as we involve, are involved in our communities and nation, they too become better. Perfect and comfortable? Certainly not, but certainly better. As Christians, we are blessed to be a blessing, and in Jesus, we are always blessed. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh,